welcome back to another episode of Iris Matters by Iris MLS and ColoProperty.com. Today, we are going to be talking to Lauren Hansen, CEO of Iris MLS and soon to be retired CEO. You would be amazed at the stories that we have heard about her career, everything from the FBI, all the way to the challenges and funny and interesting stories that have come out of migrating from a non-digital to a digital landscape. So we thought it would be fun to get together and chat about some of the just crazy, wild, interesting, fun things that have happened throughout the years. So Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm delighted to be here, and I think the topics uh, doing a little bit of the lighter side makes a whole lot of sense for my swan song. So thank you for having me. And that's one of the things that those who don't know Lauren as well may not know is that while she is intelligent and she has brought strong leadership, one of the things that she has led with is humor. And throughout the last several years, that has been particularly important. So Lauren, one of the things that we had chatted about was when you first got started, just right out of the gate, your first call at the Estes Park Board of Realtors. Yeah, it, w it was a really good summary of I didn't know straight up. My first call was something to the effect of, this is Carr, can I speak to the EO? I had no idea who Carr was. My car was out in the parking lot, so I didn't know and I didn't know what the EO was. And I just paused and said, well, I'm the only one here, can I help you? And they wanted to talk, of course, to the association executive, turns out, tag, I'm it. But I had no idea. So that was a good introduction. You know, you just, you jumped right in the deep end, Lauren, and you just kept swimming. I, yes, at sometimes dog paddle, but it, it's been fun. It really has. <laughs> you know, after you were at Estes Park, uh, you moved over to becoming the head of the Tri-City Services, and my understanding is your first day there was also another experience in swimming, swimming in the deep end right off. That is exactly right. And as just a little bit of background, Tri-City Services had gone through some changes. They had been without an executive director for either two or three months. I'm not sure who was in charge. But anyway, they didn't have leadership on site for two or three months. And we were using a system for those listeners who remember, it was uh, the RISCO system. It wasn't until later that I realized we were using a system that we were too big for. We had about, I think it was maybe a thousand or 1100 users, and they were really designed for a smaller MLS. Nevertheless, I was walking into a hornet's nest. So my first day there, I got a call from one of our subscribers and the first thing out of his mouth was, I'm going to sue you. And realizing that this was not a prank call, needless to say, it really got my attention and I, Learn to listen that day. And I I didn't know, I've never had a phone call like that. So I just said, tell me about that. What What is going on that would put him in that mood and have him make that statement? As it turns out, because Tri-City did not have leadership or oversight or whatever you want to call it, there were changes being made, minor changes, that every time, let's say that we change subdivision from 
12 characters to 26. Every time that happened, his third party software provider, happened to be top producer, was charging him a development fee, a programming fee, in order to accommodate the change we were making. So I was very grateful. I went into, we had two rooms that were down in the basement. I went into the kind of programming or I guess processing room and said, as of right now, we are not making any more changes. And she kind of looked at me like, really? And I thought, yeah, that's right. So I needed to get my hands around it. But yeah, I'm going to sue you. Certainly got my attention. <laughs> that certainly would get your attention. But I think it's one of those examples of as you get into something, sometimes the way you learn is as things unfold. And I, I strongly suspect that that lesson stayed with you throughout the rest of your career, considering how do these things impact everyone around us, who our users, our subscribers, people who, how, what are the unintended consequences? I bet that was a big lesson that you did not forget anytime quickly. Exactly. And it really holds true today that every time we make a change, I remember when we changed from a public record system, that's a whole nother story. We used to get the public records data tapes. They were reel to reel, probably 12, 14 inches in diameter, and they were fed into a machine that would then upload it into our system and we would get those tapes from the various counties it was a pain in the patoot those were awful anyway when we went from a prior public record system to what we have today realist and all of us that worked at iris at the time could see this is going to be a huge improvement and i remember having a staff meeting and saying we are really going to upset our users. And most everybody on staff looked very shocked. But what I would sometimes remind them is not one person requested, please move my cheese. And that's exactly what we were doing. And you need to, you just need to be very sensitive, make sure that you've got your ducks in a row and manage the migration is uh, what one of my MLS cohorts told me and has stuck with me for a long time. And you have managed a few migrations. Now, one of the things that we had discussed was how Tri-City Services evolved with DSL. Can you tell us a little bit about that change and how that change affected business as usual and, and some of the stories that came out of that? Interestingly enough, the Tri-City Services office, we moved to a kind of a strip mall, I guess you would call it, on 7th in Loveland. And primary to that location was the proximity of phone lines because it was back in the days of modems. We wanted to be close to I-25 or 287, and we had to have phone service that was close and reliable. The further the distance from phone services, from a major phone service, could lead to more issues with the modem. So anyway, on 7th Street, we were across the alley from the AT&T, or I think at the time it may have even been Mountain Vale. See, this is when I sound like a pioneer woman again. Anyway, uh, we had banks of modems, not only in the Loveland office, but also in... 
Boulder office and the Greeley office and modems in general and the dial-ups that were required is uh, another set of chapters. Whenever it would rain, the potential for moisture getting into those lines would mean that there would be possible interruption in service that people couldn't connect because of that moisture. And I think the funniest one, and so we were dealing with that all the time and resetting modems and making sure that we were okay on our end so that users could get in. One of the most mysterious issues that we had was with our Greeley bank of modems. Obviously we're in Loveland, the modem bank is in Greeley, so we couldn't physically examine it. We could guide the AE through, could you go look and see if the lights are on? But beyond that, you really can't get into the weeds with it. But what we finally discovered because issues were being reported is that a squirrel had eaten through the outside of the wire, you know, the, the protective plastic. And who knew, you know, that isn't in any manual, but once we got to that, then it was, oh, no wonder. So we knew they weren't crazy and oh boy, but that, that took a while. That is too funny. Seeing how problem solving will always be a skill that is important. And there will always be a metaphorical squirrel in the wires at some point. And, well, and, and we also develop, I mean, the, what we had to understand about phone lines was just insane, which one more time, I never signed up for that. But when we went to transition from dial up to ISPs and the internet and DSL lines, and there were different speeds. And I remember one of our users, again, bless her heart, she um, said, she called up and was having trouble getting connected. And she said, I've got an LSD line and this should be working. And at the time I thought, I'm a little bit jealous, wish I had one too. But she was confused to say the least. And I think shortly thereafter retired. There's also trying to communicate to those who are in your life what you're doing and what's going on. And there have been some big wins in your life, including creating systems, software, Iris. And so you had talked about how your mother had responded to that. And I think, I think some of our listeners would enjoy that story as well. My mother, rest her soul, never really understood what I did as an MLS exec. And that isn't unusual in in arenas with your friends that are outside of the industry, you can um, get a cocktail party to completely go silent. If you say, yeah, I'm, I operate an MLS, they have no idea what you're talking about. But with my mother, when we launched Iris Is in 2001, it was months of blood, sweat, and tears and planning and schematics and timelines and goals and deadline it was and sleepless nights it was i'm way too old to go through that again uh that is for the young at heart and perhaps the ignorant but anyway it was a huge deal to finally get to the stage that we launched the system and after it happened and i talked to my mother later i don't know if it was that night or the next day and she was asking you know how's it going what's going on and i said well mom we launched the system yesterday to which she said oh well that's nice honey now where did that happen 
And I just thought, oh boy, she doesn't get it at all. I'm picturing Cape Canaveral and you know the launching of a rocket, but she didn't understand what launching a system was at all. But you know, bless her heart, she um, she was glad that it happened, and whew, I was too. Lauren, one of the other things that uh, has happened throughout the years is you have had brushes with quite a few branches of government, and there have been some people who have walked through the doors even since I've been here. I would love to hear about some of those stories because I think that's one of those things people don't realize how many pieces of things real estate touches. And so things circle back to us that you wouldn't expect. And so you've had people contacting you and coming through the doors for some really interesting reasons throughout the years. And there have been times, quite frankly, Annie, that I have looked for another adult in the room to handle it, but you know, tag I'm it. So that's what happens. Uh, one funny story, when we were back at the Tri-City office and the donut shop was next to us, and by the way, all of our papers, all of the MLS books, everything smelled like donuts. It's amazing I didn't become 300 pounds, but we had someone from the state, and I want to say it was Department of Labor, but anyway, they were looking into some records. He was on site. We were in our small training room, and Meanwhile, there was work being done on the roof, which was a flat roof, and the building caught on fire. <laughs> so that appointment was cut short. And yeah, that was that was interesting. I think the poor guy, he, he got out of there pretty quickly, but we were mostly done anyway. But the FBI, I think, was one of the ones that in retrospect, made me chuckle because, and that was at the IRIS office, and it was an investigation of fraud involving broker, appraiser, lender kind of thing. And this has been many years ago, but we had a receptionist at the time and the gentleman came, and I can't see that from my office, but he came to the front desk and she came to my office with her eyes the size of saucers and just looked at me and said, the FBI is here to see you. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder what that's about. So walked out there and whenever I'm meeting someone that I don't know or I'm not familiar with, I played what I call the card game. So I grabbed one of my car, my business cards from the receptionist counter and handed it to him, which generally prompts everyone to reach for their own card so that you have an exchange of identifying who you are. He did not do that. We went into the conference room and I said, I don't mean to be impolite, but how do I know you are who you say you are? Because he didn't have a card. At which point he had on a suit jacket that was unbuttoned and he reached for his billfold and in the process moved his jacket, at which point I saw a gun in a holster and I thought, okay, well, right off the bat, you know, the gentleman is armed, so he's got my attention. But anyway, he had just returned from the Middle East, apparently. They steal the business cards so that individuals can claim that they have a relationship. Anyway, he was legit. He had a subpoena. We chatted, uh, got the information he needed. and But that was that was the FBI. That was a colorful chapter. We have certainly had our fun with the FTC and the DOJ and, as you mentioned, the DEA and the IRS. And it, it is amazing how 
many tentacles our system has. And, and fortunately, none of those contacts were to come after us individually or me specifically. It was about real estate transactions. So they are watching. And good to know. Well, Lauren, it has been very entertaining chatting with you about some of these one-offs. A lot of people know about your successes, but it is it is fun to hear a little bit about, you know, some of the capers that have happened along the way. We're going to miss you very much here at Iris, but we know that you've set everything up for success. I'm looking forward to the next chapters and finding the exit sign. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this episode of Iris Matters, brought to you by coloproperty.com. 